Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome, friends, to another r slash malicious compliance video. Today, we've got a crazy story of an organization losing lots of money. But first, a story from Kitsune257. You need me to file safety reports? You got it. As a bit of context to understand the story, I work at a big box retail store. Over the past few months, they've decided to weigh a more heavy emphasis on store safety, where to find safety tips, how to do things safely, and also how to file safety reports. There's two people on the security and safety team. It was around the last month that they really started cracking down on making sure that everyone in the entire store knew how to file a safety report. And the safety guy would spend a decent amount of time going around the store and quizzing people on how to file them and also other safety related things. And as a side note, that will become important later, I'm pretty good friends with him. Once I was taught how to do it, my non-malicious compliance began. Normally working in retail, you do your job perfectly, and there's no real need to file any sort of safety report because nothing bad happens. But with my special case, I like to put it as, most others can do their jobs perfectly and be safe, but as the cart attendant, I can do my job perfectly and still get run over by a truck. Anyone who's worked in retail can confirm just how stupid customers can be at times. Now, when you put them behind the wheel of a multi-ton vehicle, things can get very dangerous very quickly if you don't keep your guard up. And so the safety reports begin to pile in for me. Typically, it was about two per week. Most of the reports came from having to make a turn or cross through an intersection in the parking lot. I would be stopped waiting for a safe opportunity to continue. A vehicle would come to a stop. I would begin to continue moving carts, and then the car would suddenly start moving and narrowly avoid hitting me and or my row of carts. And so, I would just file these nearly missed accidents. I never really thought much of it. That is, until we had a safety huddle for the entire store. That's when a leader had announced that their quota for safety reports for the whole store was one or two a week. For me, it hit that in the past two weeks from the safety reports that only I had made not accounting for the other employees who were also filing. I was effectively giving the store its quota that it needed, I just thought it was funny, and later on that day told the safety guy about it. In our conversation, he told me that I was actually filing so many safety reports that the head of the store actually got mad at him because I was filing so many of them. As he put it, they told me to teach you guys how to file safety reports, and here you are filing legitimate safety reports. I don't know why they're mad. As we later put it, management doesn't quite recognize how dangerous it is to be in the parking lot. By this time, I turned in my two weeks notice for separate reasons, but he gave me a new drive. Just the knowledge that I was effectively taking blows at upper management just by doing exactly what they wanted me to do was enough to switch from normal compliance to malicious compliance. Because the parking lot is practically my domain, nearly missed accidents are abound for me. In the time since then, I still made about three or four safety filings. Today was my third to last day that I'm scheduled to work at the store. 
typical idiot drivers were abound, and I wind up making a safety report an hour into my shift. I don't think too much of it, other than the fact that maybe some management is infuriated that I'm exactly doing what I should, again. Later on, I noticed the head of security and safety had left their office, and was coming in my general direction. Because it was right next to the registers at the time, I thought that something else was going on. Just gave him a typical greeting, but was surprised when he came towards and stopped. He said to me, Hey, if you have any more safety filings that deal with vehicles, just come to me or safety guy and report it to us directly. As soon as he left, I felt the sense of victory. My compliance in both malicious and non-malicious forms was too much for management, and they finally buckled under the weight of my safety report filings. I was almost laughing at the thought. I told a few coworkers about it, and all of them agreed with me that it was hilarious. The guy with the most dangerous job just got asked to stop making safety reports on the most dangerous aspect of their job because they were filing so many. As I said before, I already have my two weeks in and I only have two more working days to go. So I don't really care that this feels unusual and not right, I'm just happy to move on to a new job. And in case anyone is wondering, yes, I did have to go to the head of safety and security during my shift today because someone almost hit the card pusher later on in my shift. I'm sure they really shone a light on this, expecting to have only a few things ever really pop up. Little did they know that they actually inspired somebody to properly speak up about safety issues. If you were an OP situation, would it just annoy you having to fill out all these safety reports? Or would you actually find it satisfying knowing that it's actually annoying people higher up in the food chain? Let me know which side you would fall on in the comments down below. And by the way, if you're enjoying these stories, make sure to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below. Every video has awesome stories, like our next story from Credence Fearwater. Good luck when you end up costing the org serious money in revenue loss, data loss, disaster recovery costs, etc. You're right, I really did need a vacation. I'm a young brown female in a company that is much older and mostly white. Honestly, it's usually not that big of a deal because we work remote and I work mostly with the same groups of people and they know me and respect me now that I've earned it. But I also work a cross-functional role, so I lead company strategy around specific initiatives that reach across the org and, of course, I deal with a lot of people ignoring me and confirming everything I say with my white male boss. But I also have a pretty great boss who will direct them right back to me, or more likely ignore them till they just come to me on their own. This time I was working with this individual who was leading another team, who if it matters is definitely a much more operational resource than myself. He and his team were assigned by their manager, who also openly questions my age and experience constantly as a joke, to be my resources for this business critical project. However, either willfully or otherwise are incapable of the smallest tasks, or do it carelessly and break our workflows, etc. They won't even Google or Stack Exchange to find the right answer, and it honestly blows my mind. I decided it's better to just do it for them and not take credit, because otherwise, it would be weeks off track and still incomplete. Every week they have questions that the team lead sends in an email to my boss with me copied that I'll answer because it's my freaking initiative. And mind you, I was hired for this role because I'm considered a thought leader in my field and my boss does not have a clue to be able to answer it even if he wanted to, nor does he care. And they'll ignore me and do what they want anyway. 
which I'll spend many nights fixing on top of my already 10-hour days. One day, I answered and got frustrated and asked without anyone else on copy why I was answering if they weren't going to even acknowledge it or change what they were doing. And he says to me with his manager on copy, because the questions weren't for you. These are strategy decisions that I need confirmation from, insert my manager name, on. So I said okay. I brought up the situation with my manager, who said okay, we have to be careful with fragile egos, as they were with the org for many years, and probably didn't enjoy direction from someone younger and new. So he said you've done your job, let them do theirs now. So I did. I stopped. Stopped answering questions not directed at me stopped doing their work for them, and started sending more detailed do and don'ts to the team and have my project manager, a wonderful woman who's also ignored of course, send weekly executive project updates to their manager as well as mine, etc. This report includes cost, impact, and risk. This was about three months back. Unbeknownst to the aforementioned team, I'd already succeeded as far as my role was concerned. I presented my strategy, along with expectations and assumptions, aka the do and don'ts, I continued to share with the team, and they continued to ignore at the end of this first phase of this work. This was also about three months ago, coincidentally when I stopped fixing their mistakes and answering questions not meant for me, I also raised concerns with their manager, who ignored them with my manager on copy, who also ignored them, but he tends to do that. The only response I got was a joke from the team's manager saying, I needed a vacation. Cut to last week, a critical milestone for the project, the exact week I decided to take my PTO. Because he's right, I did need a vacation. And just as I said it would at this milestone, the entire project came crashing down. The data backups were of course not even saved appropriately, so we couldn't even recover that quickly. I, of course, did keep backups without letting the team know because I'm not that petty. The biggest mistake you can make in an org like mine is to disrupt business continuity. And let's just say business was seriously discontinued. As I said it would be to anyone who would listen, because business continuity disruptions means big money losses. So anyway, I get a series of calls during my week off from my boss. And I didn't even have to explain the situation to him because he was on copy for most of this. I had done everything, including save the day with my backup data backup in case they screwed up. I got showered with praises from my superiors, and I took the opportunity to pitch my boss a new initiative to lead, and of course, it was a hit as he was riding the waves of commendations to him as well for his department crushing it. Have relatively no clue what happened to the team that was working with me though. Guaranteed not much in the way of actual consequences, but, you know, they were under fire and will be for a long time. Frankly, I think this is the best mindset and the best way of going about it. If they're not going to listen to you and rely on you the way that they should, just because of their own biases, do what is right by your job, inform them that there's no handrail on this boat, and when they willingly ignore you, walk right off the deck and fall into the water? Metaphorically anyways, don't be the one to pull them out of the water when their ignorance, bias, and lack of respect was what got them in the water in the first place. Our next story is from Ben Blue, Croatian Bureaucracy, Birth Certificate. I have a great story about bureaucracy in Europe, Croatia in particular, 
I was born in Croatia and moved to USA like 35 years ago. I needed my birth certificate for some real estate transaction, so, since I'm in the US, my sister went to the regional office to get my birth certificate. She knows that the bureaucracy in Croatia is horrible, but her trick is to come in about 5-10 to minutes before closing because they're eager to go home, so they don't complicate things as much as they usually do. So here's their conversation. Sister says, good afternoon. The lady behind the counter says, good afternoon. Sister says, I'm here to get a birth certificate for my brother. She says, sure, we can do that. Was he ever married? Sister says, yes, he's married. The lady says, oh, sorry, we need the marriage certificate to verify that he didn't change his last name. You have to go to this address to get the marriage certificate. Sister, silent thinking. She says, would you mind if we start again? The lady says, no problem. Sister says, good afternoon. The lady says, good afternoon. Sister says, I'm here to get a birth certificate for my brother. She says, sure, we can do that. Was he ever married? Sister says, no, never. The lady says, here you go. Have a nice evening. Sister says, you too. I've lived in the USA for too long. I would have never have thought about this. Practical compliance. I can't relate to this exact situation, of course, but... I remember hearing stories of family members who've just had to deal with bureaucracy like that and it's like the amount of, okay, you have to provide this document and you provide it and then it's like, okay, now you have to contact this other body and get a document stating this from them and then you have to get mailed an envelope, put your whatever document inside it, mail it back and trust we don't lose it in the mail and once you get that document back in 7 to 21 business days, then ship that doc- it's like it just goes on and on. And our final story of the day is from Dude Chicken Dude, back in 2014. I obtained the rank of Airman First Class, A1C, in 2014 in the United States Air Force, which is E3. It's a low rank, but I was still proud of it. My workplace was getting new equipment in, and it was large enough to require a flatbed truck to transport it. For one reason or another, that truck sat blocking the road in front of the shop for half the day without moving. There were two routes from my workplace to the front gate, one only slightly longer than the other. By slightly, I mean a hundred yards longer. Both routes were about half a mile, so we aren't talking major inconveniences. Being the low-ranked airman, I was assigned to take the gator slash mule, turn it slanted in the road, and instruct people to take the slightly longer route. I had the gator parked about 50 yards from the flatbed, which was also clearly visible. Here we go. After, you can't go this way, that truck's blocking the road. Head that way toward the gate. About 30 times, here comes a full bird. Colonel, which is 06. I say, good afternoon, sir. The shop is getting the new machine in today and the flatbed still hasn't moved. You'll have to go that way. Full bird says, do you have the authority to tell people where they can and can't go? I say, no, sir. I just indicate truck. He says, you're new at this base. I don't recognize your face. Which is true, I was only there for a few months. I said, yes sir, and happy to be here. He said, let me remind you that Colonel is a much higher rank than A1C. I say, yes sir, but the truck... He says, don't interrupt me. I say, yes sir. He says, everyone else can take the longer route, but I'm short on time. Move the gator and let me through. I say, but sir... He says, my time, airman. I move the truck to allow Fullbird to pass. After this conversation, the full bird sits for about 15 to 20 minutes waiting for the truck to move, then comes back to me and yells at me because I wasted his time and should have told him. 
Fulbert then goes into the shop to yell at my shop chief about the truck still being there. After all this was said and done, I didn't get back to my dorm until 5, after my shift ended at 3.30. The Fulbert didn't get off base till 5.45 to 6, because he had to make sure that the airman who wasted his time got written up and PT'd for punishment. My shop chief wrote the LOC, but didn't make me sign it and ripped it up. The PT I was made to do for punishment was to walk the 30 yards to the mailbox and get the shop's mail for the day. That kind of PT wore me out. If there's a type of person that seriously annoys me, it's somebody that takes their role of power, walks all over somebody, thinks whoever they're talking to has nothing worth of value to say to them, and then when they find out there's no handrail on the side of the boat and they walk right into the water, they get mad saying, why didn't you tell me? It's like, I would have told you if you let me. You need me to grab the life preserver? But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. If you want to see another malicious compliance story that was crazier than the ones in this video, click on that left video. Or if you missed my latest video, click on the right. But with that said, I'll see you all next time for some more stories. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.